Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat. It is your weekly source for all the AEW news, previews, reviews, and uh, plugs of the week. I'm Andy, and sitting 116 miles to my southwest with a succulent behind her uh, is Megan. Hello. It's an aloe plant. Oh boy, we are really lagging tonight. Oh no, are we? Well, this sucks. Yeah. How far behind? Well, I didn't hear any of your reply to uh, your introduction, so. Oh damn. Yeah, and you're you're just you're taking forever to res- respond to me. So we are going to turn off our cameras, unfortunately. And let's hope that that improves things, so we can actually do a show. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get this catastrophe on the road with uh, the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. And, of course, uh, a cursed show as it is, I've already cracked the can of Diet Dr. Pepper that I plan <laughs> to drink just very idly. Uh, but that's what I'm drinking. Megan. Uh, and, you know, I don't have – this is a box wine. It's the Grazi Red. Highly recommend yeah. drinking that. Uh, so I don't have a sound either. But that's okay. All right. Thanks. Cheers to the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Cheers. Let us talk. Uh, this is going to be a catastrophe. Sorry. Um, let, it's not your fault. Let us talk Rampage ratings. As Friday night's edition of AEW Rampage averaged 375,000 viewers. Down 12.4% from the previous week. It's the lowest audience total for the show since May 27th. And the lowest viewership Rampage has ever done in its regular time slot. Oh, no. Yeah, complete disaster. Like, like as big a catastrophe as our recording so far tonight. Yeah, but we're going to improve. I'm worried about Rampage. I don't, I don't understand why it just keeps diving. Well, you know, they put a Ruby Soho versus Anna J main event on that show. What did they expect? I kind of thought that would be your takeaway. I mean, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) two people who have never been put into position to draw and, you know. Yeah, I it's been, I guess, not that long ago since I've watched, but I honestly it's it's bad. I guess I can't really remember what was on the show, but I remember I liked it like in the moment. It was a fine show and we'll talk about it. But uh, that takes us to Dynamite ratings as uh, Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 938,000 viewers on TBS, down a scant 3.9% from last week. Uh, in the 18-49 to 49 demo, Dynamite topped the cable charts with a .32 rating, down 3% from last week, uh, matching the show's lowest rating since June 22nd. Um, Dynamite's ratings were even or down in most demos, but the show had a huge increase with males 12-34. to 34. So, yeah, it's up forty percent in that category from last week. So I don't know what I don't know what did it, but uh, the boy maybe they're like that dumpster match. <laughs> it does seem like something that would attract twelve to thirty four year old boys. All right, on to news. This is from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, Dave Meltzer said that. Uh, last Saturday's Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view brought in 36,100 buys, 
27,000 of the buys came from streaming, while 9,100 were traditional cable providers. The numbers are a big jump from April's Supercard of Honor, which did 19,200 buys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, they did what they drew 3,100 fans, which was the promotion's fourth largest crowd in its history. So big success there. As they... I'm I'm glad. I, I'm glad that they're succeeding. I think FTR and the Briscoes were a big part of that. I do too. <laughs> um, yes, I think it's, you know, th- there's been a common refrain among some people, including Dave Meltzer, that like you should just run these shows as AEW branded shows because they'll draw more. And that may be true, but it also oversaturates the AEW market. And it like there is value in rebuilding this Ring of Honor brand, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it gives them another sort of off the main brand place to put people if they need. I don't, I don't think it should be like a training ground per se, but I think you could put people over there to get them a little more experience before you, you know, bring them onto the main show on Dynamite. But also they can do their own thing, you know, they can just go in a completely different direction if they want and don't have to adhere to whatever is going on in AEW. So. And beyond that, like, you know, who knows if this thing gets a TV deal that's on a decent channel, then, then, I mean, it doesn't even really become like a lesser property. It's just another, it's, it's another place for your guys to rotate to that's on, you know, similar footing to AEW. True. Um, Is there any, no. rumblings about that happening no okay okay uh next news item dax harwood has a torn labrum <sighs> and ftr's match against the briscoes at death before dishonor only made things worse um dave melter noted in the wrestling was newsletter that harwood came out of that match pretty banged up uh melter wrote dax harwood is the latest aew wrestler working with a torn labrum <laughs> Out of after the Briscoes match, he came out of it with a swollen eye, a stiff neck, and his bad shoulder was worse. God. Uh, the day after Death Before Dishonor, uh, Dax Harwood commented on social media that swollen eye, stiff neck, fucked up shoulder, but you keep going all for the love of the game. So, yeah, and if you recall, Adam Cole had a the same injury that he decided to not get surgery on in addition to his concussion issue. So Mm. that's upsetting. Let's keep the injury train rolling here. Oh God. AEW high flyer Dante Martin may be grounded for a bit following his last Wednesday match with Sammy Guevara on dynamite. According to PW insider, Martin had hurt his knee in the match and was on crutches, both backstage afterwards and at the hotel. As of now, the severity of the injury and Martin's timetable for a return is unknown. Martin was favoring his right knee at several points during the match, but was still able to hit his wide array of big spots, including an attempt at his nosedive finisher. Guevara won the match after hitting his GTH. Uh, Martin hasn't commented about the injury on social media as of yet. And of course, his brother Darius also still out with an injury. What a tough time to be in AEW. Just 
they got some bad luck going on with injuries and apparently specific guidance of injuries as far as the labrum thing. Like, Jesus. Yeah. And here's uh, some more bad news. Uh, Dave Meltzer addressed the issue of uh, what happens to wrestlers' contracts when they're injured in AEW. Uh-oh. If you were wondering if when guys are out of action, if AEW can extend their contract like WWE does, their contracts do allow for that, and it has happened. I, I don't love that. I, I wish Tony it. Khan would be better about I think it's trash. Like, because by and large, these people are getting injured for you in your ring, you know? Yeah, it's like a work hazard. Like, clearly this would not happen to them if they were not working for for i mean it could but like it wouldn't affect you you know like i i think that's so wild and shouldn't be allowed but i guess wwe has kind of made that a standardized expectation is it like that in tna too i mean is this am i blaming wwe unfairly for that i mean i think they were the ones who the first people to do it because They just felt, probably just felt like they could get away with it. Uh, perhaps the most notable example of WWE freezing a contract, and this is just to give a little bit of background and context on this subject, involves Rey Mysterio in May of 2014. Mysterio's contract was set to expire, but WWE extended by a year due to the time he missed while injured. The company eventually granted his release in February 2015. Uh, Mysterio then began performing for AAA and later Lucha Underground. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly... He was, the, I, I think that that was pretty much them keeping him around because they didn't want him to go for the first season of Lucha Underground. Yeah, wasn't the spec, what, not speculation, but weren't people commenting like they're basically holding him hostage? Yeah, yeah, because they didn't, they were like, well, you know, like with him, they, this thing might actually get traction. Yeah, cool, WWE, cool. <laughs> <laughs> WWE's ability to freeze a contract also applied to Brian Danielson's status with the company in 2016. Dave Meltzer wrote about Danielson's situation in the February 15th, 2016 edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Vince McMahon told Danielson he wouldn't release him. Worse, he couldn't even sit patiently by, let his injuries heal, get in shape, and wait for his contract to expire. The WWE and its contracts has the rights that if a wrestler is injured for a considerable length of time, that they can freeze the time frame of his or her contract. The time left on the contract doesn't start rolling until they are ready to work in the ring and fulfill it as an active wrestler. Uh, In Danielson's case, however, he was not cleared to perform and could seemingly never work out the end of his deal. Danielson's time left on his contract was frozen until he could return, Meltzer continued, but the Ice Age would never end since he could never be cleared to return and fulfill that time left. He would get paid his downside guarantee until the company made the decision to fire him. And of course, that didn't end up happening, but, uh, you know, I think there was a it was a real fear there for a while. Yeah. I, that's horrible. I Some shady ass shit. All this con, independent contractor stuff and the contracts around it. Just burn it down. Where is Andrew Yang? What the hell is he doing about this? Nothing. He didn't care about it. He pretended, to care, he pretended to care to get some heat while he was, uh, you know, running for president or whatever. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, more news. Let's see. Uh, Tony Khan believes that new people in charge of WWE is a good thing. Khan spoke to sports grid on the recent WWE changes. Most notably Vince McMahon retiring 
Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan being named co-CEOs and Triple H assuming the role as head of WWE's creative. Khan said that ultimately the changes WWE are making are good for wrestling fans. It's going to change the competition, but I think that's a good thing. AEW's got a big fan base. We're in 130 countries now around the world, and here in the U.S. we've built a great fan base. And the competition is going to change. It's a different person in the chair opposite me, but I don't think that's going to be a bad thing for the wrestling fans necessarily. Probably more so than ever, I imagine that great wrestlers are going to be in demand. And again, I think this is probably going to be good for the wrestling fans because that's one of the most exciting things about pro wrestling is free agency. Unless you freeze your talent's contract when they're injured. It's one of those things that was really missing from the sport for almost two decades before AEW came in because there was not a legitimate competitor in the free market. And now there is. Hmm. That seems like a little little bit. It seems like a little bit of a change from claws out, Tony. Like his opinion. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, AEW announced Wednesday, that being yesterday, that they are expanding their talent relations team, promoting four familiar names within that group, and bringing on former Impact women's wrestler Madison Rain as a coach for the women's division. Mm-hmm. Rain began her new role to, uh, last night as Diane White headed to her hometown of Columbus, Ohio. The 36-year-old was part of the last set of TV tapings in Louisville, Kentucky, where she lost to Masha Slamovich and Mia Yim, respectively. It's unclear if the five-time knockouts champion and three-time knockouts tag team champion will continue to wrestle in any capacity. Well, it was not unclear by the end of uh, the night on Dynamite, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Tony Giovanni have all received promotions, three of which are to the vice president level. Uh, Dutt is now the VP of Production and Creative Coordination, where he will coordinate communication of AEW storylines, liaise between post-production and key staff to maintain content workflow, produce ancillary content, and mentor new producers. Marshall is now VP of Show and Creative Coordination, helping to manage show elements, including planning programs and storylines, character development, overseeing extras, and live event logistics coordination. He will also continue to wrestle. Buck is now VP of Talent Development, where he will liaise with talent and production, oversee all coaches, provide input on matches and promos, and lead the talent relations team. Shivani received a promotion to senior producer and special advisor to talent, where he will work directly with talent as part of the talent relations team. Additionally, AEW announced that Christopher Daniels will continue to serve as manager of talent relations. So, I, you know, I don't really know what any of this means, but I do know just, you know, outside looking in that it seemed like they probably needed more bodies in that talent relations department from some of the stories we've heard. Yeah, uh, and, you know, it just kudos to Shivani in general. I know he's not part of that side of it, but um, I do, I did start to wonder, like, because there was a lot of business words being thrown around in those descriptions for Sanjay and um, Pat Buck, I think it was. And QT. And QT, yes. Like, uh, when things like that happen, I start to worry, like, uh-oh, are we, are we just putting people in places? Like, <laughs> I guess that's my roundabout way of saying, like, are we starting to go in the direction of, like, in five years there's going to be 30 writers and it's going to be bad? Or are we still, you think this is still, like, an okay sort of, these decisions make sense? I think it makes sense. Like, from what Dave Meltzer was saying this morning, like, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Sanjay Dutt are kind of the key people around Tony now anyway in terms of creative. So... Mm -hmm. 
I think it's just kind of codifying that team. Okay, I'm not against it. I just don't want it to take a turn to like suddenly, you know, things are overproduced and and overwritten and blah blah blah. I don't I don't think that's the AEW way, but you never know. You never know what the beginning was for WWE to go that way and um Tony seemed always to have kind of the Vince McMahon sort of final say on everything. Um so it, it's both good and, you know, interesting that he's bringing other people in around him you know i just i'm since all the vin stuff i think i'm in like uh crisis mode of like oh no everything could be bad (laughs) or like this might just be their crisis response to things you know like i don't know what what to think of it all and perhaps i am putting a negative spin on it uh new trademark filing for all wrestling it was confirmed by pw insider that on August 1st, All Elite Wrestling applied to trademark the term All Elite Women. Mm. Below is an excerpt from the filing. Entertainment services in the nature of creation, development, and production of television programming. Entertainment services in the nature of professional athletes competing in wrestling. Fan clubs, music production services, online journals, etc., etc., etc. So basically, it's just this. They applied to trademark it um, in all of those arenas, which... I mean, I think it makes it difficult to determine what they're actually going to use it for in that case. Yeah, it kind of made me think, like, uh, isn't this or like, isn't this tangential to what heels is supposed to sort of cover? Is that still a thing? Heels is still a thing. And in fact, um, they just did a big like new website relaunch redesign uh, this week. I didn't I have not checked it out, but uh, but uh I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it still exists. Okay. Cause that, that like as generic as those categories were that, that kind of covered, it did seem like, well, this will be the new win- women's branding potentially. Um, and I'm not saying I love the heels branding, but uh, I, it made me realize I haven't thought about heels in like maybe two years, <laughs> like you know, which I, I, who knows if that's good or bad or if that's where everybody else is. I hope it's chugging along in, in a good way. Um, but I, I it's weird I, that I we have, haven't heard from it. Like I, I feel like we haven't heard about it since Brandy left the company. Yeah. I feel like it, it would. Well, there's Jenny's pop of the week. Uh, <laughs> I feel like for a while there, it was getting like for years, really. I think there was like a small mention of it with the graphic on every episode of, uh, of Dynamite. Yeah, kind of like shoehorned in to the, uh, you know, ex- one more thing Excalibur had to spit out before yeah. things were happening in matches. But uh, we haven't seen that in a really long time. No, I, I would. I mean, that's I wouldn't call it a conspiracy theory, but if I had to guess, that's it's probably due to, you know, Brandy kind of being at the forefront of that and her no longer being in the company. That's fair. I don't think that's a conspiracy. That's probably just straight up what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have seen now, obviously, you know, as I said, and as you heard, the the intenses and the, the possible uses for this trademark are very wide ranging. But I have seen some speculation that um, this could be kind of the reality show replacement for Roads to the Top that uh, that TNT, you know, still kind of owes them that hour. I'm sorry I missed. What's the trademark? All Elite Women. Hmm. 
I will take a Total Divas uh, style of like an all elite women's version of that. I love that show. So fun. And final news story of the day. Uh, It was kind of a a little bit of a catch all of just like, because a lot, some news just kind of trickled out over the past week. Then we can just discuss it. But um, all elite wrestling is partnering with THQ Nordic and Ukes on their video game release with a teaser released on Wednesday in the press release, details about the game included match types, which uh, they listed singles matches, tag team, three-way, four-way, ladder, casino battle royale, falls count anywhere, unsanctioned lights out, and exploding barbed wire death matches. There will also be a career mode offered, customization option, options, online multiplayer access, and leaderboards. So, yeah. THQ is publishing this game, which is interesting, if only because... THQ published every WWE game for, for <laughs> about 15 years um, and then went out of business and then were purchased. Their IP was purchased by Nordic Games and rebranded THQ Nordic. And now they're back putting out a wrestling game again. So, hmm. Did you watch any of the info on the game? Like, do, do you have any updates on how it looks or anything like that? Because I have not. I've not been keeping up. I don't think the graphics look great, oh. but, but I do think it looks like a fun game. Like the That's wrestling, good. the wrestling part looks good. Are the graphics, uh, last I remembered, they'd seemed heavily stylized in a way that wasn't supposed to be like realistic. Um, but it wasn't clear if that was the way they were going or if that was just a prototype is, is that where they landed? It looks like they landed on a more realistic style. Oh, okay. Um, but they just didn't hit the mark on it. Yeah, it just it looks like it looks like last generation rather than mm-hmm. now. Of course, you know this game. There's no really state on it, and this is not final footage we're seeing here. So there still could be like a, a another polish pass or two to go before it hits the market. But uh, yeah, but I mean, it looks like a game. It looks you know it looks like it looks like something you could play. Am I misremembering that at one time they had claimed it would be out in September of this year? They never claimed that. That okay. report so, so that report got out there somehow, and I don't even remember how, but I know that like neither Ukes, who was developing it, or AEW ever said anything publicly about a release date. Okay. Couldn't remember if that was just speculation or they implied that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, let's talk about uh, AEW Rampage for last week. If that's okay with you guys, are you guys are you guys cool with that? Yeah, I got my wine at the ready. Let's uh, let's discuss that show. I can't remember. <laughs> All right, fantastic. All right, uh, this was Fight for the Fallen Night Two. We were at the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. And we open with a trios match. Chuck Taylor, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and Trent Barretta versus Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and San Jay Dutt, who uh, was dressed in a suit for the match. Um, Orange Cassidy ate a French fry as he was on his way down to the ring from a fan. So that was yeah. interesting. 
It was a child, Jenny. I don't think he poisoned the French fries. Childs are like the grossest to eat from. Childs are the grossest. <laughs> Children, I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Uh, I this was uh, this was a comedy match that vibed with me, Megan. I really enjoyed it. I also thought that they continued to use Satnam Singh pretty much perfectly. He he doesn't start the matches. He tags in. He does two things. He tags out. He tags back in. He does two things. Then the match ends. I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, they definitely have figured out just how much he can and should do, and they do that well. Um, and comedy wise, this was a gem because. Orange Cassidy was bringing his usual, you know, energy, but Satnam, or not Satnam, uh, Sanjay Dutt, I think, was ready to play along with him. He had his pencil behind his ear, came up a lot, um, and yeah, I thought those two had really great chemistry, and the crowd loved it. They were just, like, so in on, like, don't actually wrestle, let's just play around. Yeah. Uh, Orange popped Sanjay with the orange punch and got the pin, um, pretty much immediately after, uh, uh, Sanjay like finally tagged into the match. Um, afterwards, Satnam Singh uh, laid out Trent, and uh, Jay Lethal hit Orange Cassidy with a lethal injection and uh, pounded on him in the ring until Wardlow stormed out to the ring. And uh, it looked like Satnam maybe wanted to go face to face with Wardlow, but Sanjay got in front of him and, and convinced him to to get out of the ring with him. So that will. I'll be have to be held off for another day. My God, never has Wardlow looked so small <laughs> than when he went face to face, well, face to chest ish with Satnam yeah. Singh. Satnam Singh, very big. Um, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> Next up, we had All Ego Ethan Page versus Leon Ruffin. Uh, Leon Ruffin, a former NXT United States champion. Winning that belt from uh, no less than Johnny Gargano uh, was no match for all ego here as he was uh, destroyed very quickly. Uh, Stokely Hathaway and Layla Gray were watching the match on a monitor backstage. And uh, we saw how that played out on uh, Dynamite uh, last night. Any word on Gargano? I would expect him to head back to WWE now that his uh, his dad's running it. Yeah, because... AEW never signed him? That's correct. Really? I mean, unless they secretly signed him and are holding him back for something. Hmm. That is... Which they did do that with Claudio, so I guess it's not impossible. Interesting. It's sad to... to, I think you're right about him going back, but it's sad that we were so close, you know? We had the chance. Just imagine if this this had happened like three months from now, like we could have gotten like... Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, Sasha Banks. We actually, not to get too far off the topic, but we watched a little bit of WWE this week. We did. We watched the first hour of Raw. And there was no commercials. No, they they went in a commercial-free hour. Wow. Was They it... started out with like a women's segment with Becky Lynch and then um, Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And I, it's nice to watch like a well... <laughs> formulated women's division (laughs) with like storylines and well-formed characters and execution Mm -hmm. and importance. Well, Jenny, I don't want to make you sadder, but you know, you can, you complain about the state of AEW. It took WWE a really, really long time 
to get where they are now. And I hope it does not take AEW as long. <laughs> like, I hope it's a shorter uh, end-to-end deal with that. Would have been faster if they got Sasha Banks, mm-hmm. tell you that much. Ugh, I know, yeah. right? Uh, Lexi Nair interviewed Cole Carter backstage. Um, I have no memory of this. He didn't say I, mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember what he said. He said nothing. Like, he literally said nothing. I think she introduced him and was like... Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the QT in the factory came and, like, offered him a spot and told him to think about it. Yeah, and he just... Like, even when she held the microphone out after they left, he kind of just, like, looked at her and then looked at the camera and then looked confused. And I'm like, Cole Carter, what are you doing, bud? He is a factory-level prospect. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Except we had Matt Seidel versus Lee Moriarty in a student-versus-teacher match. And uh, this is pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I mean... These two men are are good at athletics, and that means they're both good at, at doing the moves and taking the moves. So I thought it looked very impressive, and I I'm sad that Lee Moriarty is um he's going the yeah he's going the bad way. He's joining the dark side, you know. Yeah, Big Stoke was out uh, at ringside again for this one, and he actually interfered, putting <sighs> his hands on Matt Seidel, and uh, allowing uh. Moriarty to tap Matt Seidel out with the Border City stretch. And then this time when he offered his card to Stoke or to uh, to Lee, uh, Lee took it. Yes, he did. Gah. Tony Schiavone interviewed ROH world champion Claudio Castagnoli, who was out with William Regal, and uh, he cut a nice promo. And he welcomed out Wheeler Yuta, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. And the crowd was very responsive to Wheeler Yuta. They're big into him. And uh, Chris Jericho was not cool with this. He stood up from his commentary position. And and then we got a, a long stretch of Wheeler Yuta and Chris Jericho going back and forth. And it kind of felt like that time that Jericho and MJF went back and forth on uh, their, like that duck season, rabbit season thing with, um, you sound like you want to join the inner circle. Sounds like you want me to join the inner circle, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. except with less charisma. And uh, we finally landed on Yuta is getting a match with Chris Jericho on dynamite. And if he beats him, he will replace him in the match against John Moxley at quake by the lake. And the Blackpool Combat Club is cool with this because they are about competition above all else. Like an F1 team. That's right. Uh, The Acclaimed debuted a new music video as they challenged the Gun Club to a dumpster match on Dynamite. Holy boy. What What a work of art that was. I liked uh, I liked Goth Phase better. I did too, but you know, I'm like, th- this was fun. This was okay, and I guess I should have seen a dumpster match coming, but <laughs> I I was just like, oh, so that's what we're doing. Okay. I don't think anybody can ever expect a dumpster match. <laughs> I I guess didn't they did they call them trash before the like 
the week before when they were proposing the rap or was it new? Cause I, I feel like I was like, Oh yeah, they do think they're trash. I think they, I think they seeded it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that takes us to the main event. Anna J or as she is now known, the Jericho appreciation Society's Anna J versus Ruby Soho. And, um, unlike most of America, I actually really enjoyed this match. I thought they did a great job. And I think Anna is much better in her old heel role. Uh, so this was great to see. And she choked out Ruby Soho with the uh, Queen Slayer with a cast assist that the referee was not able to see. Yeah. Um, you know, for like the fact that like, like I do agree with you that Anna J and Ruby Soho, probably not the main event draw just, just yet, but I did also think the match was really good i i thought these two worked really well together in a way that ruby soho doesn't with everyone you know like i thought they Mm -hmm. clicked pretty well totally yeah and that was rampage so megan please take it away for dynamite all right well this week dynamite happened in your locale up in columbus ohio at the schottenstein center felt weird (laughs) You were watching on TV while it was happening down the street? Yeah. Well, that's that's okay, because um, there's still COVID. That's still a thing. And also, like, there's still the joy of, like, having your own bathroom at home and being <laughs> able to pause the television and and get snacks for free, you know? It's true. It's true. So um, I didn't feel bad. I was a little further away, but I, I too, did not drive up to go. So, um no guilt here, but we opened the show with what I considered to be a bit of an upset. Um, Jay Lethal defeated Orange Cassidy after doing his best to destroy Orange's left leg. And uh, all the working over that he did on it was enough to allow him to give Orange the lethal injection and get the pin. So, yeah. Columbus crowd was hot. They were into this. Orange they Cassidy were. is very popular. Um, I was not surprised because uh, of the angle on on uh, Rampage. Because it seemed to me like they were very obviously setting up Lethal versus Wardlow. And Jay shouldn't lose going into that, so. I, yeah, I, I mean, you're totally right. The Russell math is correct. I just... <laughs> I am biased, and Orange Cassidy is so popular. I was yeah. like, oh, why would Orange lose? But, but yeah. So, uh, did you have anything about the match? Like, I didn't write down too much about the match. I thought it was a fun opener, as per usual, but, like, you know. Uh, I liked the match a lot. I liked it when Satnam Singh came out to uh, help, but then... Trent and Chuck came, or I'm sorry, Trenchcoat Man walked out, uh, much taller than Satnam Singh. Very impressive. And uh, looked a lot like Trent Beretta in the face. Um, so that was cool. Apparently that was a spot they did in PWG back in like 2014. Oh, wow. It was very little rascals of them. Yeah, yeah. I did like they did, that. They did like one guy on top mm-hmm. of the other guy's shoulders. Yeah. Okay. I saw. I watched this. Oh, that's right. You watched the first half of Dynamite. Yeah. 
that that was very funny. I will give him that. Um, I thought that I thought what was going to happen was that then Sanjay was going to get on Satnam's shoulders, but it didn't happen. Oh, that would have been amazing because he would have been so much taller than them. Yeah, I, I think that's a little dangerous. That's too that, that that that's too <laughs> far of a fall. <laughs> Satnam's center of gravity gets all thrown off by having a little Sanjay on his shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that sight gag was was pretty great. Um, and you know, like uh, you thought that it that the best friends you know were over because they they sort of were like oh a big man turned around and left satinum left too i think um and then after the match they they both came back because uh j1 and satinum and sanjay were very proud of their band so they they got in the ring and uh sanjay was like hey jay what do you think about that wardlow guy and jay uh was mad that wardlow got in their business last week what or like fr- Friday on Rampage. He like interfered. And he wants him to come out to the ring right now. And to achieve that, he says he's going to put Orange in a figure four leg lock until he breaks his leg. And so Orange's best friends, Jenny, don't get mad. I know they're called the best friends, but they're also Orange's best friends. Mm. They run out first. And then Wardlow sort of like, he comes after them and he's trying to do like the fast but also badass sort of uh, trip to the ring. And so he gets down there and the three of them combined are enough to make Jay and his pals flee the ring. Um, but as they they are backing up the ramp, Sanjay Dutt says, hey, Wardlow, why don't you put that TNT title on the line at the Battle of the Belts 3, which is apparently this weekend. <laughs> and uh, Hell yeah. I even, I, I even figured out how to record it. Well, good. I, I'm glad that you'll be able to finally join the club of people who, uh, I guess, watch Battle of the Belts. But, man, I was like, oh, that's happening. I, I didn't realize it was, I, didn't, I don't know, it felt like very sudden. But um, Wardlow's going to be on it. He accepted the challenge. So this is one of the three matches, I believe, for that night. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so... Wardlow's putting that TNT title on the line, and I hope to God he doesn't lose it. I don't think he will. Okay, good, 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 good. So, next up, there is a very short highlight reel of what happened last week, where Ricky Starks lost his FTW World Championship to Hook. Um, Just so you know where things are with that. Um, But then, back in the ring... The undisputed elite strut out, led by Adam Cole, because he's back, baby. And everyone's so excited, and then he goes, unfortunately, I'm not medically cleared. So he won't be wrestling anytime soon, I guess. Um, But since he's been injured, he says he has had the chance to think about the success of the undisputed elite and also things that could be improved upon. He really harps on how loyalty is a huge thing for them. Like, everything to them and then he turns to his friends the young bucks and says uh you know since me adam and kyle here are not medically cleared you guys can't enter the trios tournament that is coming up without having bobby fish as your third and the bucks don't look super excited about that proposition and then adam quickly clarifies that the bucks 
can't enter the trios tournament in the sense that they won't be medically cleared because Red Dragon immediately attacks them, and Cole sort of pops in here and there to to rub salt in the wounds. Um, but yeah, like he just betrayed his friends. They cut to a a child in the audience who is literally wailing and crying because <laughs> it's that upsetting to see. That was incredible timing. <laughs> it was. Like, it was amazing. It's like, holy shit, that gets real invested. Uh, but yeah, like, what a betrayal. And so at this point, Hangman runs out, lead pipe in hand, and he chases off the Undisputed uh, part of the Undisputed Elite. And my god, Adam, he's wearing a tight white muscle shirt and butterfly embroidered jeans <laughs> with, I think, white cowboy boots? It's it's a look. It's quite a look. I, it's incredible. Um, I don't know if that's a reference to something in the eighties or whatever, but what what a choice on his part. Um, so he chases everyone away, and then he extends a hand to Matt Jackson to help him get up to his feet, and Matt accepts this gesture of kindness. But once Matt's up, Hangman looks at them, and then he turns around and walks off without saying a word to them. I thought that uh, it was a little, I don't know, the, the the turn seemed a little out of nowhere. Though they did have a segment on BTE this week where Adam was watching the segment from last week with the Bucks and Hangman meeting up backstage and exchanging birthday pleasantries. And he didn't really react to it. You just kind of saw him watching it. Mm. Did you see that? I have not watched BTE this week, but that... That puts some context on it for me, because I, I too thought, like, well, that's kind of out of nowhere. You could have just said, like, everybody's injured, you know, gone with that if you're taking them out of the mix. But I think Adam Page is the kind of, or no, Adam Cole is the kind of guy who's like, you're not going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with you, you know, like, mm-hmm. has to step in first. So my presumption is that he actually is cleared. Yeah. He did a move. They both did moves, so I think they are cleared. Did Adam do a move? Mm-hmm. They both did. Well, Cole and O'Reilly did moves. Or uh, Fish and O'Reilly did moves. But oh. Adam did a move, too. What move did Adam do? I don't know, but he did move. <laughs> Megan, do you, do you remember Adam doing a move? I'm going to disappoint Jenny and say, I just remember him kind of like, kind of kicking the, the guys when they were already down. He got ready to do the... Uh, Panama Sunrise, but that's when Hangman's music hit. Yeah, I I really don't remember him doing moves, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's not cleared anyway. Well, regardless, I think they're all cleared because I mean, this is obviously they're they're meeting at some point in this tournament, and I would presume the finals. Yeah, I think that's yeah pretty clear. Plus, Adam has been out like nursing that shoulder for is it months or just weeks but uh since forbidden door okay so a little over a month okay dang but yeah i'm with you they if they don't meet in that tournament then what are we doing here yeah (laughs) so yeah they broke up friends broke up um, 
while that was happening, I presume, uh, John Moxley was backstage doing what he does best when he's not fighting, and that is pacing like a caged animal. Um, he cuts a promo because obviously uh, now tonight we're going to have Wheeler Yuta and Chris Jericho having a match to see who will be fighting him for his interim championship. And he says that he pretty much doesn't care who shows up. Uh, he will destroy whoever enters the ring with him. And whoever that ends up being just better be ready to take him on because he's not going to hold back. So no real um, alliances there. He just wants to kill someone. Mm-hmm. It's on brand. So, yeah. Um, after that, we get a an earlier today segment where Tony Schiavone was interviewing Christian, I guess, in the garage. I don't know why. But um, Christian has a match against Matt Hardy on this show. And Tony, you know, tells us that, but... What he's more interested in is actually getting Christian's response to Jungle Boy's super harsh words from last week. Um, Before Christian can make any sort of comment, Jungle Boy tries to commit murder with a car by running Christian (laughs) down. (laughs) But luckily, he and Tony both get out, like, manage to get out of the way in time. Uh, And when Jungle Boy leaps from the car after he's, like, stopped it, security swarms him and drags him away. But, like, Hell of a move, Jungle Boy. I... <laughs> like, they they cut this closer than I would have expected. They, it was, they, they were kind of, like, playing with live rounds here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, there were no stunt doubles. Jungle Boy was, like, foot to the... Pedal, pedal to the floor, coming at them. Uh-huh. Do you think they had a backup plan, or they just kind of were like, we got this. That's put a lot of trust in Jungle Boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad nobody died or even apparently got hurt. They got out of the way, but whew, he came in hot in that car. So Indeed. he's got a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of feelings. Um, so he got kicked out and we find out that because of this shenanigan, he's ejected from the arena for the whole night. So keep that in your pocket. Uh, but back in the ring, we've got the second match of the night. It's a women's tag match with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter teaming up against Thunderstorm. Um, I really enjoyed this match, and I thought everyone got a lot of time to do their thing in it. I still really, really like Tony. Storm and Jamie Hayter, um, as far as, like, when they get together and fight each other, they have great chemistry, and I still really like Jamie Hayter just as a heel in general, so um, I was surprised to see her actually get the pin on Tony to win the match for her team. Yeah, so now they've won two matches. <laughs> yeah, now they officially need a team name, otherwise it doesn't count. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I was I was kind of wondering um, if Thunder Rosa would take that loss badly in the way you know tag teams tend to do, but she uh, she got down and supported her girl Tony and tried to like help her up, and uh, I guess Thunderstorm Tony yeah Thunderstorm remains together um, for now. We'll see. Mm-hmm. 
so after that match, we get an update on America's favorite couple, obviously, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. Um, we are shown pictures of their trip to Paris back in June when they got engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower. And all of this is to let us know that they won't be on the show this week because apparently they are off getting married in an unknown location. Probably glamorous like Paris. Looks a lot like Paris. <laughs> well, that's where they got engaged. They've so... been posting in Paris again and I was oh, really? on Instagram and I just thought they were like you know, posting old pictures from when they were there like a month ago, but mm-hmm. I think they might be getting married there right now. Well, so, I mean, Megan, not to spoil it for you, but like, you know, what's about to happen is that Eddie Kingston is about to interrupt this promo. Mm-hmm. And what I thought they were, I thought it sounded to me like they were ramping up to announce that they were going to do like a big event wedding on dynamite. Oh, and he cut that off. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I misunderstood. I don't know, but one of the announcers said that Sammy got engaged to Ty Conti last June, and I said, "No, that was a different person." <laughs> Inter- okay. So, so Andy, now you got my my gears turning here. Do you think it was sort of like an in joke of like? They had Eddie cut it off because obviously they're not going to do another uh, wedding event after Kip and Penelope's whole deal. Or, or like, like was it an in-joke, basically, is what I'm asking. I don't know. Wrestling weddings usually do well in the ratings, so I, would, I, I, wasn't, that's, so I wasn't surprised at, at all that they were teasing that. I can't watch a wedding event where they just slobber all over each other for probably five minutes straight you have to though for journalism oh god i mean if it happens i know i will but like i don't i don't wish it upon anyone (laughs) okay well um i don't yeah maybe we'll find out if if they decide to (laughs) i it's it's i'm looking back at their instagram stories and it's i don't think they're actually in paris i think they're just posting old pictures but it's hard to tell it's hard to tell well, wherever the happy couple be, I, I guess at this point they're married and official. I don't know if it, that has happened yet. I think it's soon. Okay. Well, either way, as Andy said, Eddie Kingston is watching all this happen on a monitor backstage. And he cuts in because, of course, he's appalled by all this bullshit. And I can't blame him. It, it's not a segment for him, necessarily. But uh, he lets everyone know, mostly Sammy, that Tony Khan has sent Sammy a contract for a match against Teddy, Eddie at All Out. So I guess it's like a one-on-one Sammy-Eddie match, which he's really pissed about all that shit that went down. So that should be fun. Yeah, I guess that, that gives us our first match for uh, for All Out. Yeah, it um, it seems far away, but oof, time is moving faster than it usually feels like. So September's like oof, right there, you know. Hate time it. Time is dilating. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hate it. Okay, so that's uh, that's our first match ball out. Uh, we'll probably find out more, obviously, in the coming weeks. But for now, we go to 
not the match yet, but we've got Powerhouse Hobbs facing a man named Ren Jones coming up. Before the match starts, um, we get a recap of Hobbs betraying Starks in the ring, beating him up, and then we kind of cut to the announce table where Taz, <laughs> he lets his fellow announce team know that he had no idea that any of what happened last week was going to happen. No part in it. And that basically because there's such chaos amongst his people that he has decided to officially dissolve Team Taz. So if I know we had questions about the state of it last week, but he has he has made an, a statement. They're officially done. No more Team Taz. So I don't know how anybody feels about that, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hook's got the belt. That's all you need, right? No team? Yeah, just let Taz coach his son, I guess. Or or just announce, if nothing else. But yeah. Um, with that being said, Powerhouse Hobbs has his match. He It's a squash, so it's not long, and there's not much to it. He destroys that man, um, Ren Jones. And as he's doing it, he screams like things similar to... You see this, Ricky? Look at this. And so he he clearly <laughs> clearly has some hangups that he needs to deal with uh, as far as Ricky's concerned. And after the match, Ricky kind of gives him that opportunity by running out and attacking him. Um, but I believe it's actually Taz who points out that he's letting his emotions get the best of him. And because of that, Ricky is not able to overtake Hobbs. He actually ends up getting like power slammed for his efforts, uh, and it does not go well for him. It surely didn't. This does look like probably our second uh, all-out match, though. Yeah, I can see it. Not I'm... officially announced, but I, I have to think that uh, that's happening. Yeah, why not? I mean, a team is officially dissolved over this. I, I say put it on a pay-per-view and let them fight it out. I'm trying to think, would this be... This might be the first pay-per-view singles match for both of these guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you're right, because, I mean, they've only been in Battle Royals, or I don't even know if they've had a tag team pay-per-view match, I can't remember. Probably. They did, um, they, they wrestled, um, didn't they wrestle Sting and Darby in <gasps> that, uh, yes. that first, Sting's first match, that big, like, uh, the cinematic thing they did? Yes, the warehouse of yeah. death match. That was so cool. That was good, yeah. yeah. Or no, I'm wrong. That was Starks and um and uh, Cage. Oh, for some reason I thought all three of them were there. I guess that wouldn't be fair though. Yeah. Okay. I think that was pre Hobbs uh joining up. Mm. It yeah, it, it was long enough ago that I can I can believe that. Yeah, so I don't know if their team, them as a team have ever done stuff on a pay-per-view oh well i mean let them fight each other get that ppv money so yeah we'll see if that ends up on the card as it probably will um but you know hobbs is doing his damn thing and uh moving on from him one big man to another big man uh we follow that match up with a short video promo promo from the redeemer himself uh i think he's struggling internally with whether or not he should be enemies with or 
friends with the House of Black. Um, he says things like, evil doesn't need a mask, it just needs time. And in the end, everyone reveals themselves, including the Redeemer. So he seems to have some sort of internal struggle, but he's thinking about it. Thinking about what Malachi Black said to him, I guess. Well, I mean, I think his his true destiny is to join Sting and Darby as a trio to take on all three of these motherfuckers. <laughs> that would be good. Would enjoy. Um, yeah. And speaking of that, because clearly the show knows how you're thinking, uh, after that, we get a promo video from Darby himself. And Darby reveals that it was he who recommended that Tony Khan hire Brody King in the first place, and then uh, now accuses Brody of trying to build his name off of Darby because he's, you know, very focused on him. Um, this is all in black and white. This is a Darby video, at, you know, you know his deal. And this whole time he has apparently like been self-tattooing the words, the coffin drops on Brody King on his hand. And I truly, truly hope that that's not real. But with Darby, you never actually know. So this is uh, solidifying that they have a coffin match at Quake by the Lake coming up next week. Yep. Should be good. That shows, um, I mean, we'll talk about it, but that shows fucking loaded. Hell yeah. There's a wake or a lake. You got to have a quake by it. Um, yeah. Lots of I mean, stuff. And, and I mean, that's the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah, and they all catch on fire because of pollution. Isn't that just the Cuyahoga? Yeah, it happened though. Water caught on fire. What are we doing? <laughs> it did. What's his name? The um. Oh, what's the guy's name who did like the um music for Toy Story? Oh, um. God. Randy Newman. Yes. Yeah, he wrote a song about it. He did. Oof. Burn on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so <laughs> killing it, Ohio. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a pretty good song. I I just feel like the inspiration is the bad part. You know, it's like, I'm glad some art came out of it, but oof, we should not set our legs on fire. Yeah. We should not be able to. It's water. But, yeah. I don't, I don't like, I'm sure it wasn't written for, no, it looks like it was released in 1972, but I know it because it's used in the soundtrack of the film Major League. Oh. Yeah, which is, of course, about the Cleveland Indians. Of course, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Again, Ohio, just killing it. Yeah. So, yeah, we shall see next week. Um, for now, though, we've got Christian Cage. We've got Matt Hardy. They're going to fight each other. Um, there is a fan in the front row of this match holding a sign that says, I played this match at no mercy. And in a way, I think that sums things up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't hate the match. I, I will say, like, I think I just think it's like a super bold move of Tony Khan to put two guys from the same generation together when they've aged so differently and gone down such different paths. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So Christian gets the win, which I think is appropriate. He does his kill switch. Uh, and I guess Matt's like, he tried hard because, you know, he's trying to like change or whatever, but he just couldn't get it done. No, he couldn't, but, uh, and, and, you know, I did, I did kind of feel during this match that, you know, it it was a match that I'm sure I played in no mercy, (laughs) but on the other hand, it was also like, I didn't think the odd man out and it felt like it was Christian. It felt like, it felt like Matt Hardy was the thing that didn't belong in this era. Christian, Christian feels I don't know. Christian feels very like hip to me right now. Oh yeah, like I'm definitely not saying Christian feels out of touch. It, it's it's for sure Matt, but again, it was just it was more like oh well, let's put a pin in the age of things, and then oh, let's see how differently they've they've gotten to this point. And holy shit, Christian, he's out there. He's lean. He's mean. He's killing it as a heel. And then Matt Hardy is also here. Mm-hmm. I do like the Hardy Boys music. I will say that. Um, the Hardy Boys music is great. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was this match. I mean, again, I thought it was. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a match. Um, I thought it was impressive for for these two. Um, but like, I think the right dude won it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the, you know, the, you always have to kind of favor the person who's in the program right now, uh, to get the win, like, uh, a la Jay lethal in the opener. That's true. That's true. Um, yep. And you're queuing up the fact that, uh, so Christian wins. After the match, though, he can't be satisfied. He has to do his heel thing. So he pulls two chairs out from under the ring, and he starts to set Matt up for that concerto, which is, you know, a very painful shot to the head. Rude. It is rude. Um, Especially since, arguably, Christian has no actual beef with Matt at this time. (laughs) Like, whatever. Um, But Luchasaurus walks out. His music hits. Uh, I will forever think Kane is just about to walk out in this era of Luchasaurus. <laughs> it it sounds so simpler to me. I don't know. Kane, come out and tell us why it's actually good that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Oh, God. Concerto him, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is he probably took a few too many of those in his career. I guess that's true. I think that says something, though, of like, look, this man had multiple head injuries, and now he's a, a conservative uh, member of office. Like, Yep. <laughs> Luckily, it was not Kane that walked out, despite the music sounding very similar. Um, it was Luchasaurus, and he distracts Christian. And then Jungle Boy, who is technically banned from the building, apparently was still able to uh, buy a ticket, get in the crowd, and then rush the ring after... To save Matt, but also to go after Christian. Christian retreats immediately, runs into the crowd, makes his escape. Jungle Boy gets in the ring, is victorious, um, is wearing a Christian is a pussy shirt, just like Jungle Boy. Be a big seller. <laughs> Jesus. 
So inappropriate. There are children. Oh, no, that's funny. Um, but yeah, Christian, Christian runs, which I think is actually tactically smart. He doesn't need to. He just had a match. He doesn't need to try and fight two men. So yeah. Uh, after that, you know, backstage, Tony Schiavone is talking to young Daniel Garcia, who got his big win over Brian Danielson last week. Um, I I think Garcia is getting a little cocky. He says that he is he should be called the Dragon Slayer the greatest technical wrestler of all time because of this win. And then he invites Brian Danielson to basically come at him anytime, um, which I think is maybe a stupid move. Do you think that this could be a all-out match, this rematch? Um, Yeah, I could see that. Because uh, I don't... I don't know what the... Like, okay, what is the rest of the BCC going to be doing for All Out? I'm assuming Moxie will still have the title at that point. Right. Mox will, yes, Mox will definitely still have the title. Um, and he'll wrestle, hopefully, Punk, but who knows? Um, uh, so if not, you know, he'll wrestle somebody. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought Danielson would wrestle um what's his name uh jericho once once it became clear that the jericho match was going to be not at all out i just thought well he still has to get revenge on jericho for putting him out yeah but it kind of seems like this is the program now so i don't know yeah i mean i think daniel garcia is very talented and i i do like that like this little cocky upstart is like going after brian danielson the best technical wrestler Mm -hmm. in the world and so i could see danielson having a lot of fun sort of teaching him how wrong he is to do that um but like his promos are getting pretty good they are like i think (laughs) that he wrestles very well and my main issue with him at the beginning was he just looked so generic because he didn't he had like black trunks and like a no personality um but i think what they've done with him has really helped and also has like made him maybe the most legitimate member of the jas as far as people who could win um but so if it's him and danielson punk and or somebody else for moxley then you've got claudio and yuda yeah. I'm assuming Claudio would do something with that title of his. Well, I told you, you know, at the end of the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, which I I neglected to mention when I was running it down last week, um, Claudio and Yuta did walk out onto the ramp and kind of stare down FTR. So cool. I was thinking originally, like, oh, that'll be like the big match for the next pay-per-view, for the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But maybe it makes more sense to actually have that for... For all out. Is that enough time for Dax to recover, do you think? Well, I mean, 
if he's just going to work through it, then it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if they don't wrestle, and that's another like almost month he can take off and and rest it if if that's what they're going to do. I, if that's what they're going to do, I hope that's what they do. You know, like if that's the program, I hope they just because like FDR can just cut cool promos and be fine. Yeah. But I just I want Dax to heal you know like i don't i hate it when they fight injured because it yeah it's not good no but that that would be no good very bad don't do it yeah yeah that would be cool if the the bcc was uh completely engaged but in different things like that mm-hmm. i guess we shall see because uh once again all out is next month so they have a lot of time to tease us and slowly put things together so yeah, I think I believe it's four more dynamites. Yeah, because it, yeah. it's the first week of September, right? Like the it first full week. The first, the first Sunday of September because it's Labor Day weekend. Okay. Yeah, that's some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, another thing that will probably come up somewhere in there is uh, is related to the next update we get, which is that pack has made his third title defense of the All-Atlantic Championship against a man named Colin Mills. I apologize, Colin. I don't know who you are. Um, Come on, Colin Mills. (laughs) I know. It's like such a distinct name. I'm like, obviously, I should know that. But I don't. And I don't remember what uh, company he was doing this in. Uh, Was it? Was it you, an, you talk, I'll I'll Google that real quick. Okay. Whatever company it was, um, Pack faced Colin Mills, and also for whatever reason, Kip Sabian was uh, apparently or has apparently been following Pack around. And at this particular show that he made his title defense, Kip Sabian um was in the crowd and Pack got in his his face, which is to say up in his box motif or whatever um so i i guess they're weirdly kind of teasing that as a thing in the most unexpected turn i i i would have expected for this belt like what sure uh it was rev pro summer sizzler 2022 okay where was it was that manchester okay okay so Kip Kip Sabian is this his way back into I don't know the ring? I mean he's been around for ages at this point. Uh, maybe. Oh, so Connor Mills got his title shot by winning a six-way scramble in the opener. Oh, okay. One of the people he defeated in that six-man scramble was Ricky Knight Jr., who is. I believe that is, yeah, that is uh, Paige's older brother. Oh, okay. The one who WWE did not choose out of Ooh. the tryout. Oh, sorry. As dramatized in the film, fighting with my family. I still haven't seen it, but I do want oh, to see it. It's so good. I It looks good. And you know what? Florence Pugh, like, she's been killing it. <laughs> yeah. Aussie Open wrestled on the on that show too. Oh, okay, okay. 
so yeah, I, I mean, the big takeaway of that show is that Pac remains the All-Atlantic champion, and um, Kip Sabian might be stepping to him. I I guess that could be an all-out match. No, I don't think so. No? <laughs> I mean, if not Kip, like, do you think Pac will do anything with maybe that? Pac, maybe Pac can kill Boxhead on the buy-in or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do. I really. I. I'm super into this All Atlantic title thing because it seems like he's just getting to like kind of hang out near home and still do something relevant to AEW in the meantime. Yeah. But he's got to come back for the because how are they going to? They can't. They can't not do Death Triangle in the trios tournament, right? Like that's that would be promotional malpractice. Oh, I agree. Somebody yeah. would have to sue. Yeah. Because um, that's. Come on. It might be us. We might have to sue. Yes, we'll have to hire some sort of legal counsel because I don't know how to sue, but I'll try it, damn it. My sister-in-law is a lawyer. We could ask her. Yes. Okay, get her on board. Um yeah, I I can't I can't imagine that they would somehow overlook death triangle as a trios. Come on. Better Come not. On. Yeah, he has to show up. Uh, it, I guess, like, I'm confused about his status as far as, like, where he primarily resides. Because I thought he was moving to America at one point. There was smoke on the street about that, like, during the pandemic. Um, that they were trying to, like... Or, no, like, I think it was, like, pre-pandemic, but then maybe, like, covid stopped it before it happened so then and then it just never happened mm, okay because he got trapped in in england when the pandemic hit but i don't know i guess i just assumed he would come over here or at least um arrange to spend more time in chunks over here than he he does i just i want that death triangle man yeah i'm with you well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed we're going to see him in the trios tournament because as you said, it would be it would be wrestling malpractice. It's unthinkable. It it has to happen. They have to be there. It will happen. I'm saying it right now. It will happen. So, unthinkable. <laughs> yes. Yes, much like unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but unthinkable. That's how serious it is. So we'll leave Pac there, uh, fingers crossed, and, you know, obviously we'll see him soon. But uh, the next segment we have is um, Ethan Page and what seems to be the unofficial dissolution of the Men of the Year because he is here alone to complain and, uh, I guess, ask the audience, why? Why is he not on television every week? Why are there no action figures of him? Why is he not on the side of the AEW bus like the young bucks are? Um, he has a lot of questions. He's mad about all of it. And then Stokely Hathaway makes his way to the ring. Um, he offers Ethan his business card. And unlike uh, Lee Moriarty, Ethan is just like, yeah, okay, immediately. <laughs> they, they walk off together. And um, frankly, I'm... I'm like, Stokely, what 
are you building an army? You you're going for everybody. You're casting a wide net. What is happening? I just where's Scorpio? What's happening? Is he injured? I don't I don't know. He was I he was injured going into the Wardlow match, I think. And then but did that and not then he help? lost to Wardlow and he hasn't been around. He hasn't been out, Oh, he hasn't been yeah, he hasn't been seen for almost a month now. So if he was injured going into that match, I'm assuming that he wasn't a hundred percent and then maybe used the loss as an opportunity to take time off to heal. That that's what I was thinking, because otherwise I'm not sure why he's not there. Yeah, maybe. I that kind of Kind of bumps me out. Me too, man. I liked the men of the year. I love their entrance. I love their vibe. I love that they both dress like what I'm sure is very stylish, but to me looks very clownish. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I loved everything about them. Uh, And I'm kind of wondering that if Stokely Hathaway is stepping in to take away Ethan Page, like what, what? does dan lambert do where is dan lambert i don't know now on the last time scorpio's guy tweeted and i don't know about his instagram because i don't really use instagram but the last time he tweeted was july 6th after the um the match and he said to my supporters thank you to my detractors thank you i'll see you all later hashtag aew dynamite so maybe he's just Maybe he is injured and he's just taking a break and it's going to be a while. And so you want to get Paige doing something different. Um, yeah. And if that's the case, fine. It still makes me sad that, you know, we don't get Scorpio. But I, like I said before, I just want these boys to, to rest and heal up because AEW was in a kind of wild injury phase there for a bit. Our mutual friend uh, Jeff Jacobs said that uh, maybe it's to put Scorp back with SCU for the trios tournament. Oh. Which would be something, but I don't know. I'm thinking it's more likely he's just injured. Yeah, because I I love SCU, but I feel like if they're in the trios tournament... It's going to be as one of those nostalgia acts that, like, you know, they're not going to win. Yeah. Um, but you know, you love to see it. You love to see it. Love to see it. Well, wherever Scorpio is, I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's healing if need be, or planning his next big uh, story arc, if that's what's going on. Um, but for now, Andy, I have a very important question. Oh, God. Okay. Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Yes, always. Okay. It's Chris Jericho winning the AEW World Championship for the second time, and it's going to happen next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. So um, that's happening. Uh, Uh, Tony Schiavone had to learn that little bit of trivia (laughs) when he interviewed Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, Cool Hand, Angelo Parker, and Anna J.A.S. as his her moniker now. Um, so uh, Matt Menard let us know, obviously, that Chris Jericho is going to win against Moxley next week um, after winning against Yuta tonight because, you know, that's the step that needs to be taken. But J.A.S. is very, 
very confident in their leader's ability. Um, Anna J, they introduce as the sexiest new member of the JS, and um, she has seemed to develop some sort of compulsion to choke out literally anyone. And if you um, consider or if you question that, she just chooses a random backstage staff member to to show you her skills, which she did tonight. Some poor backstage staffer got choked out by Anna JS. Uh, so watch out. She's very good. She is. She is. I thought her outfit was bananas in the correct way. It was Justin, like uh, Justin said a uh, a joke on Twitter. Oh gosh. It was. Uh, it, it only really works visually because it's a spelling joke. But he he wrote uh, Y two J, but he spelled it Y two J A Y. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good stuff. See, she she got lucky. She has a a wrestling name that has a lot of crossover appeal with Jericho. Yeah. Keep keeping it relevant. So yeah, uh, we will get to the consequential match in that um you know series of steps later tonight in the main event but for now got the gun club up against the acclaimed in the dumpster match which means anything goes and the only way to win is to throw your opponent in the dumpster and close the lid uh as (laughs) these men are walking out we get the gun club first and uh excalibur (laughs) love him he says quote Austin Gunn adopting the sartorial stylings of what I presume to be his concept of sanitation workers. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says this because Austin Gunn, good lord, he's wearing a crop top white t-shirt and a black overalls of some kind, plus bright white wrestling boots. It's uh it's a strong look. Strong, strong look. Indeed. Yeah, so uh, the acclaimed, they come out and they attack Billy Gunn on, while he's on the stage before they even get to their rap, and then and then they do the rap and they go for as you said the septuagenarians they are not safe. Um, the quote I wrote down was, "We make the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon," and I was like, "Holy shit, are you allowed to say that?" But they I guess are. they are. Yeah. So, like, something about being more positive than Joe Biden's COVID test or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to, hear that he, like, to hear that he, like, suddenly started testing positive again. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, I think he's fine. But, um, like, he just, like, after he after he had stopped testing positive, he started testing positive again. <laughs> that concerns me. Not just for him, but, like, just the roller coaster ride of the testing um well he's very old you know joe biden yes no way dude <laughs> i don't know if you knew that when you were when you pulled that lever in 2020 but yeah he's very old hey it was like one old white man versus another you know like yeah. what, am I, what am i gonna do um yeah max caster went for all of them and he burned them and ohio was like hey that's good like so we're a red state and it blows uh yeah but anyway so like (laughs) 
This you saw it happen in Kansas, though, a couple nights ago, right? Uh, no. They, like, they had, like, a big uh, vote on overturning abortion protections in the state. And it got completely obliterated. <laughs> Thank God, yes. In in a way that is, like, kind of, I think, I think very concerning to... Uh, to Republicans uh, writ large, because that is a that's a fairly conservative state, and it pissed people off. They went too far. Yeah, man. Like, fucking calm down. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's good. Way to go, Kansas. I mean, yeah. showing up for it. Hell yeah. So yeah. Um, did you know that a special edition of AEW Dark is airing uh, or aired tonight? No. What is the occasion for it? I think it's so that um, Columbus could have like more matches because uh, because Rampage is live tomorrow. Oh, okay. And and they're taping Battle of the Belts along with it, so there was nothing there was nothing extra for Columbus. Oh, okay. So, um, I'm assuming that they'd want to give them, I don't know, not all, like, no-namers? Was, was was it a good card? It was only three matches, but it looks like, it looks like a, they did a uh, Hikaru Shida Emi Sakura match, uh, singles for the first time in AEW, and Shida won the teacher versus student bout, wow. and, uh, which, which apparently is the first time in her career that she's defeated Emmy Sakura in a singles match. Wow. Okay. Congrats, Columbus, cool. on getting to see that live. I mean, obviously yeah. we can watch on YouTube, but that seems like it would be would have been fun to see. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I appreciate that Tony Khan is like, look, we're not doing our usual thing here, so you got to get something. Yeah. But in addition to that, I mean, this dumpster match had stuff going on. Um, like, I don't know. It it was wild. It was kooky in a way that I thought was fun. There wasn't any blood, which, you know, really speaks to me. Um, I I thought it was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little, like, palate cleanser. And uh, it didn't last super long for what it was. Um Ultimately, uh, the the claim to get the win because Austin Gunn tries to do he teases an elbow drop off the top of one of the entrance tunnels. Like he he has set up, I believe, Bowens on the table below it, and then Bowens moves and Caster uh, ends up sneaking up on behind Austin and then pushes him into a nearby dumpster. Um, before doing the mic drop on Colton, who. Bowens had put onto the table and then they tossed him in the dumpster as well. So, uh, the acclaimed win. Everybody seemed pretty happy with that outcome. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Everybody loves the acclaimed. So this, uh, spot, this finishing spot where they, they pushed him off the, the, the stage mm-hmm. was a throwback to what I am sure was among the top 50. Oh my God. Moments in WWE history. Is that why you texted me about it? No, I don't remember why I texted you about it, to be quite honest. Okay. 
Um, but uh, anyway, uh, as the road dog and badass Billy Gunn pushed Cactus Jack and Terry Funk um, off a stage in a dumpster. So the sins of the father. Okay. And <laughs> visited upon the sons. Um, I kind of assumed it would, it was probably a reference to something. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually is. Yep. Now, prior to, to get very carefully, like lining up the dumpster so that they could push it straight off the edge. Uh, they put zip ties that presumably were supposed to hold the dumpster closed to make this, I don't want to say safe, but like safer. But I don't they think they worked. They did not succeed. No, it looked. One of the guns, I definitely saw a foot, um, <gasps> and that thing flipped over. They, I guess they're okay, but it looks like he could have almost like had his ankle crushed. Yeah, the lid, the lid opened. Um, woof. I was worried. I was so, surprised that it flipped all the way over. God, yeah. It was also, like, not, it was also not really um, working with them so well as they were trying to move it. No, it definitely almost fell off the front of the stage, which was, like, not the, not the ideal situation. But they, they managed to get it on track. It just, I think it took a lot longer than they had wanted it to. Um, But, man, I, uh, the guns are safe. Is that what I'm led to believe? Like, you haven't heard, read anything on wrestling Twitter or uh, the various publications about, you know, broken limbs? Because what a what a horrifying fall that was. Uh, no, I believe they are okay. Okay, good. Good. <sighs> okay, so, yeah, I mean, they claimed one. Um I don't know if this is the end for them and the guns, but that was that was a pretty big burn, I think. So, okay, moving. Austin Austin was like tweeting today. Oh. So, okay. So if nothing else, his hands are okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Brian Alvarez tweeted out, so as it turns out, the ass boys were inside that dumpster, but somehow they were fine afterwards. And Austin Gunn replied, we're not fine. Everything is not fine. But I think he I think that might be working. Yeah, that seems very Austin Gunn in character. But good. Like, I definitely didn't want them to die. And there definitely was a point where I'm like, did they is this a gimmicked dumpster? Did they somehow slip out a panel in the back like some sort of magician act? Um, but no, that was, uh, that seemed very dangerous. I will say this about this particular dumpster match. I've seen three dumpster matches in my illustrious wrestling fan career. And allegedly there was a fourth one that was after my time of watching uh, WWE, but it was, uh, <laughs> Supposedly, it pitted uh, Braun Strowman against Kalisto. Oh, um, but anyway, of the three dumpster matches that I have watched in my life, I would have to say that 
this was the best one. I think that's a compliment, but I am not sure. It is. I kind of like one of the other ones, so it's, you know, it's not damning with the faintest of praise. Okay. I, I, I rather enjoyed this. I did too, and I have nothing to compare it to, to, to yeah. be fair, but I thought it worked. Well, okay. Good feelings about that dumpster match. Um, And after that dumpster match, while they were spending time clearing out all the dumpsters, um, we got a little, you know, a series of updates. Uh, apparently, there's a man named Mance Warner who uh, performed on Ric Flair's last match, the show, and he will be facing John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship on Rampage. No, S- no. He's facing Moxley in a title eliminator match, which means if he beats John Moxley, he will then get a title shot. Okay. I thought it was wild. I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but what the hell? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad I got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a thing. Um, and then Madison Rain is going to make her in-ring debut on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Battle of the Belts is this weekend. And I have match list as they laid it out. Claudio Castagnoli is going to face Koneske Takeshita for the Ring of Honor World Championship, which I think is great. Love I to see him. I can't believe you wrote this down. I did. I knew that this was an important one. Okay. All right. <laughs> I did. Uh, so... Yes, so that's for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And then Thunder Rosa is going to face Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. And then Wardlow is going against Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship. So, um, I don't, relative to the other Battle of the Belts, I think this is right in line. As far as, like, prestige. They, I heard that in the week since they announced Castagnoli versus Takeshita, they moved something like 1,100 tickets. Yeah, because that's going to be a good fucking match. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we might as well just... I, I, I had actually... Uh, I had a couple of lineups just for the next couple of uh, shows. Actually, no, we'll, we'll just we'll still wait for the end of the... I, I'll just skip over um, Battle of the Bouts. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, I didn't mean to blow up your spot, but they spent like a good portion being like, hey, Battle of the Belts is this weekend. And as someone who was uh, slightly surprised to hear that that's a show that's going to happen i was like oh i should probably write this down um don't worry i won't do it again no you're i I was (laughs) very pleased that you did it i'm sorry i didn't mean to um no no i'm saying like (laughs) i'm I'm saying don't worry i won't do it again (laughs) i see okay (laughs) um so yeah so uh with that the main event is here it's wheeler yuda versus chris jericho and the winner of this match will go on to face Moxley at Quake at Quake by the Lake for the interim AEW World Championship title. Chris Jericho had this um, spot and he put it up as part of this match. So, um, so Yuta has a real chance here, but unfortunately he doesn't because he doesn't win. Chris Jericho gets him in the lion tamer and makes him tap out. Got him in the fucking lion tamer. And a big old nerd like me got super excited about it because it's like, oh, Moxley asked for the lion heart, so he's going to get the fucking lion heart and he put the lion tamer on him and it's different. Yeah. I mean, 
I didn't nerd out that way. way It looks way more brutal than the walls of Jericho. Yeah, the knee on the head is just mean, you know? So this is how he did the move, like, all the time in WCW. Because he was mostly in the cruiserweight division there and wrestling smaller guys who were flexible. Mm -hmm. And I believe he, I think he talks about this in his second book, where... When he got into a feud with Kane, <laughs> oh, God. he he realized that he needed to alter the move somewhat because <laughs> to uh you know because it just wasn't it wasn't really working out with the uh, the old uh, the old style uh, given given who he was uh, working against. Yep, <laughs> big old Kane. Yeah, but he he still you know he bre- every once in a while he'll break out the lion tamer and. Uh, Looks awesome, and I got real excited. It did look cool, and you know, even though Wheeler Yuta lost, he put up a hell of a fight. I thought this match was very cool and very fun, and I honestly wasn't sure who was going to win because I think Moxie's going to win either way. So I didn't know who they were going to put forward. Did you notice that the crowd bit on? The seatbelt as a near fall? Yes. I did a little bit too. <laughs> I did too. I was like, oh, yeah. he's doing the move. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, so good job getting that over in like two weeks. I'm telling you, the drama of that story with Chuck, it's like he keeps calling back, you know, if, well, when the BCC eventually dissolves. And I hope it's not anytime soon, but like, I think he and Chuck are still going to be friends. I certainly hope so. Me too. Me too. Um, it should also be said that uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand were out here for part of this match. And uh, because of that, Claudio got to come out. And <laughs> I love how he evens the odds by being a single man against the two men on the other t- team on the outside. Um but it really doesn't matter because uh, Parker and Menard get ejected from ringside when Angelo Parker tried to cheat by grabbing Wheeler's leg right in front of the ref. And uh, they got kicked out. Claudio did not. The crowd did their classic chants or chant, na 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 na, goodbye. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I just liked how into it the crowd was. It felt like such a, like the energy of this match was, it was charged. I loved it. Um, but yeah, these two had a great match. Jericho's finishing move looked amazing. Um, and in fact, he refused to release it at the end, uh, which required Moxley to run out and chase him away. Um, and then Jericho, before he totally leaves, he gets on the mic and he says, Hey, Moxley, you just released the demon and opened Pandora's box. And he threatens to stretch the shit out of Moxley in their match. Yeah. He'll try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it is, you know, it's a more uh, serious, aggressive Chris Jericho and less like I'm a goofy character Chris Jericho. So that's kind of fun. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, totally. I, I'm actually like super hyped for that match next week. Yeah, and Jericho's nose is healing, um, you can see, but, you know, Wheeler did immediately, like, 
flick it at the beginning of the match, but I hope um, shoot that Jericho is okay as far as his broken nose because I I'm still really surprised at how quickly that apparently heals and how quickly you're allowed to just wrestle again. Um, hope he's okay. Me too. But yeah, that was dynamite. That was dynamite. Um, so yeah, so you 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 kind of gave us the rundown for Battle of the Belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will do so for Rampage. And uh, so so far, what we have announced is John Moxley versus Mance Warner in an AEW Interim World Championship Eliminator match. Swerve and Our Glory, the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. And Madison Rain will make her debut. Um, I could see one match getting added like tomorrow afternoon or something. So I feel like usually we've been getting four matches on Rampage. Yeah, I would I would think because I don't I don't know that I'd want promos and skits to replace that amount of time. Yeah, and none of those matches seem like they're going to be, like, terribly long. No. Uh, do you know anything about Madison Rain? Did she date Chris Sabin? Hmm. I don't like to define a woman by a man, but, like, <laughs> I think I've only heard her name in relation to Chris Sabin. Um, um, but she was, like, an impact, right? Like, she was a pretty big deal over there. Yeah. She is married to Josh Matthews, who is a commentator. Oh, I know who Josh Matthews is. Wow. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know if she she might have dated Chris Saban back in the the Dayo. But she's actually she's from uh she is from Columbus, Ohio. Interesting. Okay. Grew up in West Lafayette. Oh damn! All right. Yeah. And ov- like obviously, I I know from that press release that she is going to be a trainer, but um, apparently she's going to be entering at least this one time. Yeah, she's pretty young. She's like, I believe she. Let me see. Yeah, she is thirty six, so she's she's young. So, do you think they're going to use her as like uh, player coach? Okay. Which I think is like essentially what Dustin's role is with you know too, and like and Billy Gunn to some extent. Mm-hmm. That's cool though. I'm I've never seen her wrestle, even though the name sounds familiar. I I don't think I've seen her in ring, so I'm interested to to see how that goes. I hope I don't know who they'll put up against her, but so you have seen her wrestle. Mm. Have I? When? Uh, you would have seen her wrestle. Let me see. In the first round of the second May Young Classic. Oh. All right. I fully believe you. It's just like I. That was a while ago. Yeah. She was defeated by uh, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. In the first round. Okay. Okay. Either way, I'm interested to see uh, who, you know, who she is now and what she brings. And I hope that um, 
the women's division gets elevated with with all these, you know, with the coaching people they have. I, I feel like Serena Deeb was doing some coaching as far as, or as along with being, like, really good at wrestling and ring. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yet still never getting a belt. Yeah. It'll happen. Give the woman a belt. Uh, let's see. Then next Wednesday at Quake by the Lake, in addition to John Moxley defending his interim AEW World Championship against Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. we've got a coffin match between Brody King and Darby Allen. Hell yeah! Which looks like spooktastic based on the graphic that I'm looking at right now. Um, they did a coffin match. With was it Darby and Ethan Page last yes. last year? Like I feel like it was, I feel like it was in like early when they started going back on the road. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't. And they were going to do when. it in a city where uh, there was like a tragedy, and then they so they didn't. So they say they held it off for a week. Yes, I want to <laughs> say some sort of yes school like shooting. a condo building collapsed or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, the condo building collapsed in Florida. Yeah, it might have been Miami. Yeah, ooh, that was rough. Yeah, so they're doing that. I can I can definitely see Brody and Darby having one hell of an awesome coffin match because every every interaction they've had together has been great so far. Yeah, and like no shade to Ethan Page, but. This is hella spooky vibes in this <laughs> ring with these two yeah. men. Like, I love it. Goth city. I wonder if Miro is, like, if this is, like, where he might, like, make his choice. You think? Maybe. Because I can see, I can see definitely, well, I could definitely see, um, I don't know if Buddy's back in the country yet, but uh, I could definitely see the rest of the House of Black getting involved. And I could definitely see Sting getting involved. Ooh. So. Okay, yeah, I like I like this storyline. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, did you listen to the um second episode of the Power Bombcast yet? I did. I just thought it was like funny. They were just like, oh, you know, like maybe Malachi Black would have stayed if he had known or whatever. And it was just like, well, first of all, he got fired, and <laughs> second of all, uh, like I I think he's doing really good stuff. I really like the feud he's in right now. <laughs> yeah. And despite, you know, Vince stepping back and Triple H potentially implementing like NXT dad, Triple H level protocol. Um, I still think in AEW, he must get a lot of freedom to craft his storyline. And he, he has a faction that he's the leader of. I don't know. It's like, I feel like he's doing fine here, you know? Just because his wife is in WWE doesn't automatically mean he'll go back. Yeah. Um, Jade Cargill has an open challenge for the TBS championship, so that'll be, that, that's that's always fun. What, is her, what is her win count up to at this point? Are we 30-something? That's a good question, Megan. Let me consult okay, the, the roster page. I don't think we're at a milestone number, like a like a 40, you know, like a round 10 kind of number. But she's creeping up, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what they're going to do as far as, like, 
Jade is 33 and 0. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, probably won't be a big a big match for 34 and 0. Yeah, you're right. And then the match that I am actually, well, like honestly, I'm excited about all these matches, but uh, it's a tornado tag match between the Lucha Bros and Andrade El Idolo and Roosh. <gasps> and as you know, I've become a big Roosh guy, so very excited about seeing what kind of violence he's going to unleash in this one. Roosh is such a mean boy, but I get it. He's really mean. Um. He has no respect for anyone, and he is completely ungovernable. Which is, while true, odd, because Andrade really likes to govern people. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that'll be an issue for them in the future. What? Issues in the future? Yeah. No. Never. This, so, match, is, this match sounds awesome, though. Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's going to be great. Me too. Um... So yeah, so I'm real. I'm super excited about this lineup. I think this one. I actually think that like whatever whatever rating AEW is, whatever the top rating AEW is capable of getting right now at this point in time, I think it's going to achieve that next Wednesday. <laughs> I hope so. There's yeah. no sports to interfere, right? And I don't uh, think so. yeah, so I'm hoping for. I'm gonna say like if it's if it's lower than a point three eight, I think that's a disappointment. I would agree. It was a point three two the last two weeks. Yeah, I uh, the dip, the dip in everything except apparently eighteen to thirty six, thirty four, whatever. Yeah, you know what the weird thing is though? It's just like everything else is down too because even with them being down, they've still been number one on Wednesday six of the last seven weeks. That's okay. So that sounds good to me. I don't, I'm obviously not a TV exec. I, I don't understand how good or bad that is for like, it seems like it should be good, but like, I think it's, I think it's always good to have the number one show versus numerical, like break, like the, the fine grain sort of ratings. Things. Well, I just think it's always good to have something you can brag about. As a network. That's true. Yeah. I just, it's like, they, to me, they're doing amazing. And I'm always like, is it just my little bubble of how much I love them? Because I don't watch any other wrestling really to compare them to. Yeah. Um, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel like what happens on WWE, what I hear about what happens on WWE, I'm like, eh. I don't need to see it. <laughs> I, you know, like that's probably pretty unfair, but I'm just like, hey, he's <laughs> killing it. You know, Megan, as it turns out, it's not unfair. I, I don't know. Things might turn around now. Maybe, Every- but like, but you know, are, are you going to, are you going to trust that until you have people telling you that it's good for like six months straight? I would, I wouldn't. Oh God. No. Like yeah. they're going to have sh- to, they're going to have to prove it. Yes, and my sheer lack of interest in adding, what, like, five more hours of wrestling into my life every week? I can't. I can't. It has to be incredible programming for me to add it back in. And I don't have that faith. And also, I don't have cable, so I'd be 30 days behind. That mean, that's true, too. You do a Hulu. A... You, could, you could watch a, a 90-minute version the next day. Okay. Okay. I could do that. Um yeah. 
otherwise it's a deal breaker. I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch a show that's 30 days old. No, thanks. So, yeah, so that's the wrestling content. And, uh, I, I, I really like dynamite and I'm really excited about the, these shows these next few days. Same Z's. So let's talk about our elite beat plugs of the Mm. week. Um, I will go first. As you might have noticed, Jenny is gone. <laughs> sleep, yes. She got real tired, and then she went to the, she went to sleep. Um, in fact, like Megan, I don't know if you know this, but uh, at some point over an hour ago, um, I moved this whole operation back into another room. <laughs> oh, you think I didn't hear the subtle cues of moving? Uh, well, I mean, we had the microphone muted the whole time, so you probably didn't. Oh, I heard the little like. I heard the 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 distance in your voice as you walked away before muting. Oh, yeah, well, that's okay, fair. Ha. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah, so I guess my thing this week is I mean, I'm not doing much different. I continue to play NBA 2K22, which is what I was doing <laughs> last week. I continue to read X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing I did this week that I didn't do before is this week I watched the first two episodes of The Americans. Whoa! Which is that um, Carrie Russell, Matthew Reese, uh, Russian spy show that was on FX for I believe six seasons. Um, never, I'd never seen a second of it. I'd always heard very good things, and I watched the first two episodes, and you will probably not be shocked to learn that it's great. Yeah, but hey, like, kudos to you for watching, because I, I too, have heard only good things about it, and I've always thought about, you know, going and trying to watch it, but I never, I never have made the move. So, like, did, so you liked it. Are you going to stick with it? I think so. Um, I watched it with Jenny, and Jenny liked it, too, but... It is one of those things where we're probably only going to watch a couple a week because it's very intense. Mm-hmm. So, I could see that. Yeah. But, no, I loved it. Um, so I'm excited to watch more of that. And that can be found on Hulu. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I yeah. kind of want to check it out now. Oh, and I did um, I did really enjoy this week's episode of Claim to Fame. Yes, claim to fame update. It continues to rock. Please watch the show so it doesn't get canceled and we get all of it on Hulu. Listeners. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right, Megan, what do you got? All right. Um, I went, I think, light last week. I'm going dark this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not too, well, it's dark. Um, I have gotten really into the docuseries on Netflix called Web of Make-Believe, Death Lies in the Internet which, um, as I told Andy, sounds very dramatic. But basically, it's a super well-done, like, Netflix throwing their money at making um, a docuseries where each episode deals with an internet-related subject. So, like, I've watched the first, I want to say four, um, where the first one was about swatting, the second one was about, oof, the 2020 election, and, um, no, 2016 election and like Hillary's emails and how Fox News does zero fact checking but still puts stories up and then causes you know upheaval uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the third one was about um, 
the alt-right, which is terrible. And the fourth one was the most recent one I watched, and it was about uh, a specific case of what they call, God, I hate saying this, sexploitation, which is like um, men on the internet, uh, you know, uh, basically holding women hostage with threats of releasing their nudes. Um, mm. But basically it's like, it's like a uh, deep dive into all the bad parts of the internet, but I think they take like nuanced looks at things and come at it at angles that I don't, I didn't really expect going in like from the, um, like the preview description. So I, I just think the series is like, it's been so interesting and it's well done because it's got Netflix money behind it. So if, if you, I don't know, can handle it emotionally, mentally in these tough times, like, Maybe take it one episode at a time because they are not what I would call uplifting, um, but they're super interesting. So I've been watching that while I make dinner. What's so what, what's that one called again? I just want to make sure I get the name right for the description. Uh, it is Web of Make Believe colon Death Lies and the Internet. God, it's so yeah. dramatic. <laughs> it is. It's a Netflix production. And it's like you don't have to to bolster it guys like it's a netflix produced series we got it yeah. <laughs> well that sounds fun oh it's not but it is i, I don't know <laughs> yeah. just take care while watching it's um definitely not an uplifter that sounds like good advice um well megan uh thanks a lot for yet another week here on the elite beat as we continue um unabated for god Going on, going on three years now, getting pretty close. Oh man, like thank you because this has been such a fun experience. And to all the listeners out there, like we appreciate you. And uh, I honestly never thought it would get beyond like maybe two people that we know listening. And <laughs> from the statistics, we can tell that that's not the case. And that is, uh, it's wild. And I appreciate it. I love you all. Um, and thanks yeah. for sticking with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and continue to stick with us. Um, so we've got some exciting things coming up. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we got a, the return of uh, Justin Shapiro, all scheduled for the first show of September, the go-home show for All Out. So that'll be really exciting. Um, and I'm sure we'll welcome some new viewers, for <laughs> some, some new listeners for that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so until next week, uh, for Megan, I'm Andy, and this has been Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat.